Hey, welcome to the Juice Bar Experts podcast, where we are going to give you tips, tools, strategies for launching a new juice bar or scaling and increasing the profitability and efficiency in your existing juice bar. I'm your host, Andrew McFarlane. The last 10 years, I've been in the juice bar business, running my own juice bars, as well as helping hundreds of entrepreneurs all around the world launch successful juice businesses. So without further ado, let's get into it. Great. I'm feeling awesome today. We are talking about the top three ways that you can reduce your risk when starting a juice business. As per usual, a lot of the episode ideas that I have come from conversations that I have with people, whether it's clients or prospective clients. And today is no different. I was speaking to someone who had, um, you know, all the right intentions, but maybe some ideas that didn't really, really um, look great that I didn't really think were going to make their business work. And so I was talking about that and thought, you know what? The truth is, this is very common. A lot of these things that make your situation risky. And the thing is about that as well is while they are common, they are commonly misunderstood and also overlooked as well. So I'm going to break it down. Um, The last one is, in my perspective, the most important And I'll obviously elaborate on why, so you're going to want to listen to the end of the episode. But let's just start from the beginning, okay? Obviously, we know that business is, we can say, quote-unquote, risky. It's riskier than having a job, but the upside potential of starting a business is much better than almost any job that you can have unless you're a CEO of a Fortune 500 company. So we want to start businesses, but we want to do it smart. Right, We want to reduce our risk as much as possible. Now, there are many things that you can do that will reduce your risk. And then there are things that you can do that will increase your risk. And so the point of this today is to give you the top three things. I think that, you know, in my perspective, there's many. There's a lot more. But these are really foundational elements that are going to uh, increase or decrease your risk if you take these on. So the first thing is... And should be obvious, but it is having a great location, right? I want to elaborate on this more because obviously everybody knows this. Like that's not new information, but I want to frame the often the way that we think about this to determine why and what defines a great location and why sometimes people, even though they know location is important, they don't end up in good locations. So I probably said on other episodes that you know, uh, easy. An easy location to get into isn't always a good location, okay? That means that you might find a situation where somebody comes to you and they're like, oh, I own a gym. Come open a juice bar in my gym. That doesn't mean it's a good location, right? A cheap location always also isn't a good location, right? Someone might say to you, hey, you know, the rent here, it's 500 bucks a month. And you think, wow, that's a great location. Sometimes it's very easy for us to get enticed by situations that are convenient and also to be deterred by situations that are inconvenient, meaning this location might be a little bit more expensive. It might be uh, a little bit more build-out cost. It might take longer. You know, it, we might have to wait for it to come on the market. There's all kinds of things that might be, you know, we'll say inconvenient, but still ultimately make a specific location better because from an opportunity standpoint, it's just a better location. And that's something that obviously has to be evaluated. Uh, there are many factors that determine whether a location is great, but A great location is worth its weight in gold. Pay more for it if you have to, okay? So that's the first thing that you can do to reduce your risk is just find a, make sure you're in a great location. Don't cut any corners around this. 
it's uh, paramount. What's number two? Okay. Number two is making sure you are properly funded. Now, I know this is the one that everybody hates because people <laughs> want to start juice businesses uh, on shoestring budgets. And I'm, I'm not saying that you guys should um, just invest a ton of money, you know, more than that's necessary. You should only invest that which is necessary. And that can also be a hard thing to determine. But a lot of times, uh, and similar to the conversation I had earlier, uh, people attempt to put these businesses together on shoestring budgets, and that increases your risk because you don't have enough funding to do things right. And I am someone who likes to speak in analogies because I think sometimes it's easier for us to relate, right? In some situations, certain things are obvious when we put them together, right? So I often use this analogy of, you know, you could, for example, uh, let's say the marketplace is very similar to the freeway, right? It's It means that the market is just moving, it's going at a certain pace, it has its own laws and rules, and someone tells you, hey, uh, you can buy a Ferrari and it's gonna be really expensive, but you're gonna navigate the freeway very well. You have a fast car, you know, it's safe, and I don't know that about Ferraris, but I'm just saying in general. Uh, and, but it's gonna be, you know, it's gonna cost you 100 grand. Or you can buy a bicycle can be very dangerous but it's going to be cheap so you can be sure that you can get a bike for a couple hundred dollars what do you want to do well if you're getting into a race and you've got to get on the freeway most of you'd say well you know what even though a bicycle's cheap i'm gonna die on the freeway if i if i go unprepared right i'm not gonna win this race i'm not going to be safe there's all kinds of factors that work against me if i go too cheap right same thing goes for business if you don't invest the proper amount of money to make sure your business is a Ferrari, is, has the best chance of success, what happens? If you don't fail, you usually struggle or you don't make as much money as you can. Now, granted, me saying all this, I'm totally aware that we have, as people, different financial restrictions and requirements, and you got to do the best you can with what you have. But I think sometimes we don't uh, consider this enough to say, what are our options? Like what can, what is available to me? What routes can I explore to make sure my business is financed appropriately so that I don't end up in a situation where I'm, you know, wasting, you know, $60,000 of my money because that's what I thought I could do it for. And then it turns out I needed 120, you know, double that. And then I end up in a situation where I've spent half all my money already. And now I'm just out that money. That money's gone. Whereas I could have you know, got an investor, went to a bank and got that extra 60 and had 120 and been much better off because I would have been able to finish the project. You know, I've seen so many times people start things that they can't finish or they do it and then they can't hire employees and then their customer service is bad and then people give them bad Yelp reviews and then the customers don't come back because they cut corners when it came to funding. Like You, you know, one of the biggest reasons any business, not just in a juice uh, arena, any business will fail is lack of proper financing. So this isn't just specific to you guys. Anybody starting a business knows whether you're an investor or you're a seasoned entrepreneur, you know you need the money to be able to do things right. And I'm not a proponent. Don't overspend. I'll repeat myself. Don't go and waste a bunch of money, but it does take some capital to do things correctly. And generally it's not, you know, $2,000. And sometimes people do believe that I'm going to go and open a juice bar business and it's going to cost me two grand. And it's like, it just, it, it, it won't. 
unfortunately, um, or, or fortunately, I don't know if it's unfortunate, but it's just the nature of the situation. So let's be mature in this environment. And that's one of the things that you can do to reduce your, your risk. Have reserve capital, have the right amount of money to when you open so that you can invest in marketing, have money so you can hire good employees, just have the money so you can design your store well, have a menu, uh, you know, just get things together so that your store looks good. This is why it's really interesting too, is like, you guys probably know I'm not the biggest fan of franchises, but what I will say is when you buy into a franchise, they have financial requirements. They will not let you buy into opening a store. If you say, well, I've got a hundred grand, I'm going to do it. They say, no, our requirements is you have to have enough net worth. You have to have you know, 250000 to buy into the franchise. You've got to be willing to you know, do X, Y, and Z. They have requirements. Their standards are very high, and they do that for a reason because they know that that is going to increase the likelihood of all the people that they take on having success. If you don't meet those requirements, they just don't take it on. But for people and individuals, they don't make those requirements for themselves because that's not the nature of how they have to engage. And so that'll be the last thing I say, but it's something to think about. It's food for thought. There's reasons why they do that. Okay, and then what's the last thing that's going to reduce your risk when it comes to this business? That is having proper guidance, okay? I can't emphasize this enough, and obviously this is what we do, so, you know, I guess you could say I'm biased because I have that lens, but I really think about how in any other world, right, no matter what it is you're doing, if you were going on a journey. I have a friend right now who's in Nepal and, and she's going on, she was going on a hike and of course she didn't go do it alone. She was going on a, it's probably a treacherous hike. Like, you know, I think it's been like seven days or 15 days and the elevation every day is higher and higher. And she, she messaged me recently and was like, Hey, I had to turn around cause it got really dangerous. And I told my guides that I just didn't want to do it cause I couldn't breathe anymore. And I thought, okay, that's mature. And I was just thinking about that with business as like, for whatever reason, it would be clear to you if I was to tell you, hey, there's a journey. You need to hike. You, you need to go into the Amazon jungle. You've never done it before. Would you like to have a guide take you who has lived in the Amazon their entire life, who guides people through this process? Or would you like to do it alone? A hundred percent of people, unless they're crazy, are going to say, I'm a, I want a guide. I want someone who's been there because I could die out there. But for whatever reason with business, people don't often have that same idea to think like, oh, if I'm going on a journey, I'm investing my hard-earned money, my time, my energy, do I need a guide to take me through this process? Many people don't have that same idea, but it makes total sense to have people who have done it before. And I'm saying this from the position, if you guys know my story as well, where I wasn't that smart. And it's not to say that I wasn't that smart. I did have some of that, but there just wasn't that option as available to me in the way that it is now. There weren't people who have opened juice bars that are helping other people. I didn't really have that option. But I also would also say that I probably was, I wouldn't say probably, most definitely too arrogant to realize the depth of support that I really needed because I thought things were easier than they were and simpler. And, and I'm you know a relatively smart person. So I thought, okay, I'll just figure it out. But ultimately, it ended up costing me way more money than it, it saved me. And it was, it was treacherous, right? Like, I almost went out of business a few times. And so I'm speaking from a place of hindsight of going, okay, look, I went on that journey mostly alone. I do not recommend that you do that. And if I think about it in many ways, there's almost no area of life 
that if we're doing anything, you know, I want to be a professional basketball player, anything that we wanted to do at a high level, there's almost no situation where we don't have people who are guiding other people to get to their goals. It's the fastest route. It's the safest route, right? So it's the thing that's going to reduce your risk and it's the most effective route because people can tell you exactly what they did and you can just duplicate that. And so as you guys know, we're here to support you. If you are sincerely looking to have a successful business, reach out to me personally, Andrew at startajuicebar.com. I hope this has been enlightening to you guys because it's all about reducing your risk so that you can increase your income, increase your chances of success. Um, You know, don't make the mistakes that I did as I was going through this process of starting my own business. That's all for today. Hope you guys are feeling good. I'll see you at the next one or you will hear me at the next one.